following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. In the year 2049, the world's most popular motorsport is the Immortal Grand Prix. Two teams of three pilots, 60 miles of track, speeds upwards of 350 miles per hour. In the Pro League, the IG1, the world's most elite teams compete for the ultimate prize to win the IGPX. For Takashi and Team Satomi, this is a dream worth fighting for. This is the future of sport. This is the IGPX. It's life in the fast lane on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Luca's biggest fan, Kuro. Ha 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 ha. And a very special guest. Uh, Sola's biggest fan, because I basically own Sola's cousin. Um, yeah, I my name is Jose Eric Meadow. I actually used to host this show way back in, like, for, like, the first hundred episodes. And then I left for uh, Lesser Ventures. It's, uh, it's been Matthews, about a decade. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. It's Oh, my God. Has it been a decade? Oh, my God. It's been a decade. Oh it's, my god! Maybe not quite, but it's it's almost. I, I feel left like, the show in 2014. Yeah, holy yeah, shit! Yeah, I think it was summer of 2014. So that's, we're not we're is, not quite there yet. More or less. That's the when last I joined time. CNN. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's more or less the last time the show we're talking about aired, and now it's 2024. So yeah, we'll say a decade. Yeah, it's oh my god. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what a decade. And who has been thinking about and watching IGPX more than Jose in this past decade? Yeah, that's I was I was thinking about that too. I was like, man, because uh, I kind of started doing IGPX, the the old discotheque DVD. Like my first steps into that were 2014 as well. Like I I left the show, I joined uh, CNN, and I should probably mention straight up top. Um, Hi, my name is Cesar Meadow. I am a Warner Brothers Discovery employee, but I do not work on Toonami despite having a show on there. Um, and I'm the HD remaster for IGPX. This is not an advertisement. I just sketch as a friend and invited me on. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll talk about the show because I've been, this has kind of been my baby for like 10 years. Because um, I started on the DVD back in 2014 for Discotech. Um working with discotech not for them um and then uh kind of through my time after the dvd came out in 2016 i spent a lot of years just kind of cultivating relationships with production ig some folks at bondi and of course uh trying to keep the relationships i had at adult swim and then suddenly it was like uh started a production on this show late 2020 early 2021 for the HD remaster and took a very long time to come out, but it's, I mean, it's on TV and the Blu-ray, I don't think I can say, cause I don't, I don't actually don't know the release date, but I know that it is coming very soon. Um, I know that much. And you've been following along online with each episode and tweeting little facts about your work and how you've been, you know, in each episode and what, you recall from working on it, which has been really, really cool to follow online. Yeah. 
it's been it's been fun um the it's actually funny so like um i pitched the show to toonami in terms of airing it um so i had so many plans and none of them worked out um in terms of like announcing <laughs> this because i because i kept this from everybody there was a very tight circle around igpx i really didn't want people knowing about it i was so scared about it leaking out um there was even a time where like literally the director of the show kind of tweeted about it and i was no one noticed but i was just like i was almost like called him and was just like please take down your tweet but no one noticed um yeah there was a very tight circle around it and what originally i wanted to do was to announce the show coming back on tv with the uh the daylight savings thing discotech they already had a stream plan so that was dead but i still wanted to air the show on uh the daylight savings and i was like hey let's do this and you know jason was on board he wanted to do it but it was it's not his call he doesn't run the programming department it's programming and i we had we had just finished like the like a watchable version of the remaster in time for that um and then uh we uh you know programming got back and said hey we're actually interested in in airing it like a full hour and um and then we uh said yeah let's do it of course and we uh did it at, it was supposed to be a stealth thing it wasn't supposed to be announced at least that was what i pitched but then they announced it and i was like oh okay cool all right i guess i'm talking about this and uh yeah that was uh that was cool to see it on uh during the daylight savings hour and i know people are probably wondering well wait jose you said a bunch of shit on twitter where you were just like it's not going to air afterwards so uh before that had aired i was uh approached again by um some folks at adult swim and they were like hey do you have more episodes ready and I was like, I probably have more. Like, they they uh, pitched me that they were going to do a marathon. So it wasn't going to be a full airing. I was pitched a marathon. I was like, I can probably get you the first season in a watchable state. Um, and, you know, here you go. And so I was like, you know, because I, w I, w I didn't think they were going to air the show without the whole thing finished. I thought, you know, special marathon. The holidays are coming up. That's fine. And then, like, I think, like, a week later or like a day a day after they did the the daylight savings thing they announced hey igpx full run and i'm like what what <laughs> and so no one told me that it was a full run so i i learned alongside all of you and uh that was fun but they had 13 episodes so i figured that's probably fine but the issue was that um I didn't want to deliver season two until we were done because I knew I was going to have to go back and I still have to go back and redeliver season one because it's not exactly what's on the Blu-ray. Um, we just got a like watchable version of it. So there are some things that are going to be like, let me be clear. Like the version you saw on Toonami is like 99.9% .9 what's on the Blu-ray. There's like less than I think five minutes of stuff that's different. So no one's really going to notice. And it's like little like video tweaks. It's not like, oh, we made a mistake or like, oh, we're going to reanimate this part. Not, none of that's different. It's all just like we're going to 
dial back some of the banding a little bit and things like that. So that's what you all have been watching on TV um, and streaming on adultswim.com slash videos slash IGPX. Not a plug. <laughs> <laughs> Not a plug. No, we do that. We do all the plugs. That's sure. the project. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't do it. You didn't it, hear me do it. Considering it unfortunately has left the lineup for now, it's great that they have the backlog of the first season up on the website and the app for people to watch if they don't have, you know, cable. Yeah, it's fully <laughs> free. You can go watch it. And I'm really, really excited about that because we really, so I can't, I can't get into the specifics, but I was pretty certain that streaming was impossible for that show. Um, I can't get into the specifics, but like I had conversations with both Bondi and people at Warner Brothers um, and just was like, couldn't figure out what the deal with streaming was. Um, so that was a little bit of a lift to to get that figured out. And I'm happy. I'm so happy where it is. I'm actually more happy than if it like ended up on Max. I actually don't want it on Max because I feel like if you put it on Max, it's, you know, the thing I've kind of learned from uh working in this industry for a while now is that uh streaming shows now have to perform and if they don't too bad so sad and adultswim.com feels like okay it's free there's ads and it's pretty low stakes so i don't think it has to do like gangbuster numbers to like justify its existence again so pretty happy yeah, with where it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably would not last long on max no but I gotta say, Jose. Um, so, so I, I confess, I never watched the original. At the time, I wasn't. I was a selective tsunami watcher, and like now, where I'm a fully devoted fan, unless they play Tokyo Ghoul again, and then fuck that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I watched. This was tech, this is technically the first time I watched it, and I went and watched a handful of episodes to compare, and I was very impressed. There is a clear difference in the quality of the visual presentation it is it's it's stunning it's it's uh uh crisp and clear the the racing sequences look like complete something completely different and the colors are brighter it was it was very obvious that it was that that think there had been changes and in a good way and visually it was just gorgeous and obviously, you know, you had you probably had to you, you've talked about working on the audio, too, which sounded fine to me. And I don't mean like fine. Like, I mean, it sounded good. But but visually, it was really apparent that there had been work done on this series. And and I I was great job. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. I don't <laughs> think I did too audio. much on the audio. Uh, I think most of the audio was just like doing some patches here and there. But I think the uh, luckily the audio tracks, at least the stereo. Well, the stereo is like fully in uh, for the most part intact from the original Digibetas. In fact, they're from the 2016 remaster. Excuse me. They're basically the same tracks um, with some some not enhancements, but like cleanups um, for some sections. So there's not too much there that had to be done. Um, the 5.1. For those of you that are wondering, they're, they're ports of the from what was on the DVD. Um, I did look into trying to go back to the original masters. So I tried to go back to the original masters on the um, on the old DVD, and I was inexperienced then, and I'm kind of still inexperienced now. 
and uh, basically, so oh god, the the audio on that is kind of messed up. So basically, like we don't have the full um, uncompressed audio masters. What we have is the audio projects, and well, that's simple enough. We just go into Pro Tools and re-export everything. That's not too hard, except IGPX is so old that the version of Pro Tools it was done in, so they'd mix the show back in like 2005, 2006. If you try to go back into a current version of Pro Tools, all the plugins that are used on that show don't work. They're all broken, so you have to go back and... Um, find either like the new versions of those plugins and have them match the parameters exactly or whatever. And it's just like, that is way beyond my experience and not something I can ask someone to do for free. So it kind of came down to like, um, you know, either we, we hire an audio engineer um, at the cost of the budget to do the Astrores work to upgrade the visuals or we just pull the dvd audio and like no one's going to notice no one's going to care that much um the dvd tracks i think sound fine i don't think i don't think there was that much of an upgrade to be had from the 5.1 so like that's the i guess one compromise on the release but it was like well it's either we spend our entire budget on the 5.1 audio restoration or we spend it on the visual remaster and i chose the visual remaster because i think it I think rightfully so, it is the bigger upgrade. Yeah, and those racing sequences are extremely satisfying visually. And I think putting the work into that makes complete sense because you know you have a lot of action going on very quickly, very, it's all very fast. And it, it looks, it just looks completely different. I don't know how to describe it. It, it doesn't look like the traditional hand-drawn animation. Um, but it was that, well, that the, the CG is problem. CG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But but um, very impressive. Loved it. Yeah, the the team at um, Asteres, uh really did great work. Uh, obviously, we did some stuff on our end because we had to prep the video before we sent it to them, uh, and then uh, and then they would do they would do their magic, which is proprietary and like kind of secret. Um, and just we were so impressed with the work. Basically, it looks like a native HD show. Yeah. Um, and I know it that does. people are like, and I know people are probably, I know that Jason actually on this very show said that IGPX is HD. And he's correct. IGPX was made in HD. And that I did find those HD masters. And uh, a lot of people were like, well, why didn't you use them or blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you, Asterez's work looks better than the actual HD masters. Um, mm. so yeah, it was, it was a huge upgrade as to why we didn't actually use those HD masters. Brady said on the discotheque stream that they looked, uh, that the interlacing was weird on them and that they, um, they, they didn't look great and he's not wrong, but that is not the reason we didn't use them. Um, the reason we didn't use them, uh, and instead went with the anamorphic is because the anamorphic version is the home video cut. Um, and the home video cut is the version that they dubbed the English version with. So basically, like, I don't know the exact timeline, but it seems like um, IG put together their version of the show very, very, very quickly. And then they spent, like, maybe another week on it or, like, and then they sent that version to America. That got dubbed. 
and then uh, William Street did their audio tweaks to it and any visual edits they were going to do um, and had that all done by like a month because they were only like, I think, a month behind the Japanese broadcast. So that's a lot of work that to like right. figure out. Um, but yeah, it was like, uh, so we had basically like we couldn't use the 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 HD version because it's broadcast version um, for, that aired on Japanese television because it's it's just not what what the English dub is is timed to and it doesn't match. And also the tsunami version also doesn't use that video so we had to use the anamorphic video and then upscaling that to uh 1080i like uh really like made it look just kind of astounding and it looks really cool it does well i guess you lucked out that that process made it look better than the hd (laughs) yeah it looks better than the hd i you know um I think the thing is because uh, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, and IGPX both had similar uh, pro- like animation pipelines back in the day. I think mm-hmm. the reason IGPX just doesn't turn out as good, and it's been a flaw with the show forever, and not a flaw, but just a style of the show. Um, it's uh, it's that they use very thin line work. And so that very thin line work just doesn't upscale very well. Um, it's because they animate the show at about half resolution, both Ghost in the Shell and IGPX, and I believe Moribito, Guardian of the Spirit. Like that era of production IGHD, they animated stuff at ha- half resolution and then double scaled it. And for Ghost in the Shell, because Ghost in the Shell has very thick lines, it upscales really nicely. Um, but for igpx which is very thin line work from you know the the animation team and also like um kaya-san's uh character designs they're just very very thin and that that kind of line work just like every upscaler no matter what will just butcher it it just doesn't work until asteres we basically had to wait for asteres to exist <laughs> and it you know yeah it just kind of did magic so outside of the professional work, you know, and, and endeavor that you've done on this, is there a personal connection to the show or a personal reason that made you oh, yeah. want to work on this show, specifically IGPX? Uh, of course, yes. I don't think I would put 10 years into a show with <laughs> for no pay uh, if I didn't care about it. Uh, I understand I know the that, no pay part. <laughs> yeah, th- uh, you know, there's a... Uh, oh, gosh... It's uh, it's a show that meant a lot to me, uh, just like outside of the, the tsunami part, just putting that aside. I just really like the show. I think that Hongo-san is a very underrated director. Um, he also did Outlaw Star. He um, recently did Ascendance of a Bookworm. He's doing another, another slice of life show. I can't remember it for the life of me. But he also loves his caricatures like Shin-chan and uh, Gumma-chan. Uh, which is a little horse face uh, mascot for um, a district in Japan. And I just think he's a super talented director. And it bugged me that IGPX was just like, the thing that I really loved about it was just the, the production behind it. I felt it was a really important production because it's an American and Japanese co-production 
on an original IP. And to my knowledge, there hadn't been one before that. Like, obviously, stuff like Animatrix existed. And I guess Kill Bill also existed. Um, that's an original IP at the time. But, like, that's just for a movie. This is a full television series that's just, like, you know, uh, an original IP. And uh, it wasn't just, like, I feel like the Animatrix, which is a great, um, you know, co-production. The Wachowski sisters just wrote the three shorts and then told the directors to go nuts. That's not the case on IGPX. IGPX, Hongo-san was very, like, this is our show. We are putting something together that's special. I want your input, you know, and Sean and Jason had a lot of input on the show. And, um, of course, Maki and and Hongo-san and Ishikawa-san uh, all put, like, you know, they all really wanted to make something uh, different and something that they hadn't seen before. And uh, I just I just love the show for that. And it's such a in hindsight, it's just a, such a gigantic risk that the network took on IGPX. And, you know, unfortunately, it it's not that IGPX failed. It just didn't do, I think, what they were expecting. Um, and it it bothered me that it wasn't available in better quality. And it, you know, I think that also the show had, I, I'm not sure how people feel about the show now. It seems to me, at least anecdotally, that people have kind of turned on the show in terms of like, oh, now we really like this thing. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it was good this whole time. You just, I think it was just the <laughs> wrong audience and wrong, wrong time. And just like it being week to week, late night on Saturday, just really didn't help that show. Um, you know, sports, what else do you need? That's like the, the golden combo for, today's anime i feel like yeah <laughs> i also at think the time, that sports anime weren't really something that people were trying to sell uh, i mean prince of tennis i think was on at the same time but i don't think that was successful either it actually yeah. it actually came a little bit later and yeah it it did arguably worse <laughs> yeah so and yet today <laughs> and, yeah, yeah and now now the whole darn thing is dubbed <laughs> Amazing. And now there's stuff like Haikyuu, right? And yeah, like Haikyuu was really popular. That's super well, popular. Well, the secret so, is having sexy male characters that people can flock to. <laughs> free. I won't say anything about our current crop of characters on IGPX because they're all nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Well, uh, I mean... Except um, for Satomi and, like, Mark and I think Jesse might is be a little older. I don't... I never quite could tell with Jesse, but... Yeah, you have Satomi, you have, you have Mark. Uh, well, there's the other teams, too. So, the Velstein boys. Yeah. Oh, the Velstein boys. Yeah. The Skylark ladies. The Skylark ladies. <laughs> well, except yummy. for Fontaine. Two, two of the Skylark ladies. <laughs> and the coach. Ah, <clears throat> oh, yes, and the coach. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I love the story behind the show, and I, I felt that it was worth preserving, and I, you know... I always felt like it deserved a second chance. Um, and now it seems to have gotten it, um, you know, because I think public opinion has kind of turned on it. But to your question of like, what does the show mean to me? I think that um, I think that I think it shows the power of collaboration um, because obviously the, sh the big central theme of the show is teamwork. You can't do stuff alone, but that's also on the production side where 
this very different culture of, of Japan and this very different culture of America just came together to try to do something really, really special. And it wasn't, it wasn't just like, you know, Ghost in the Shell, which I love Ghost in the Shell to pieces, but like manga entertainment, all they really did was increase the budget on that movie and the TV series. You know, I love the Animatrix and obviously the Wachowski sisters like were very passionate about anime, but they basically told them to do whatever they wanted. This was, hey, we're going to work together and do something very different. And I just, I love the hell out of it. I can't help it. To me, I've always felt like IGPX is really the embodiment of a Toonami original. The look, the feel, the sound, all of it. just It's just Toonami to me. So yeah. it kind of blew my mind that it didn't really click with Toonami audiences at the time. I feel like maybe in 2001 it would have in... I think Another the, year it might have, but I at the think time, the issue was that the pilot work because the pilot worked, um, or the micro series, as you guys probably call it colloquially, but the, the yes, pilot yes. was super popular, uh, apparently. And I think the, the thing was it's a combat show instead of a mecha racing show, even though there's still combat in it. Mm-hmm. I think the audience at the time just really like guns you know like <laughs> I, I, it's, yeah. it's very reductive but i think it's just like and yeah, ninja and, weapons well, and ninja well, weapons also, and like you know yeah. it appealed to that six to nine boy audience and then igpx mm-hmm. is just like it's just a little too out there a little too high concept and i think the audience is a little too old for it i i would also point out okay so so i'll be honest this series had to grow on me the first couple episodes, I didn't like the characters except for Amy and Luca. They were the only characters that I really felt um, connected to that I enjoyed. And not just the cat thing, though that definitely played a role. Um, it, it's because Amy was the only likable one. Um, Satomi is, is um, Team Satomi's a uh, um, leader. What's his name? Ta- what was his name? Uh, Takashi. Takashi, yeah. He... He, he comes off a little arrogant. He doesn't want to play like a team. He doesn't want to play with a team. He he wants to do his own thing. He's he's a nice kid, but he wasn't exactly likable. And then um, it, they they just they were really argumentative, and it didn't give you a fat feel. Obviously, like you know, Liz she grows on you. Takshi grows on you. By episode six, I was definitely interested. And then when they started making the stakes higher in the races and devoting more screen time to the races and how they had to employ strategy and teamwork. Then I was really hooked on the, on the story. Like the, the last race, honestly, where they had to get around the, um, the Indragamano, uh, and, and how they employed some really sweet tactics. Like, I was completely hooked. I loved watching it. It wasn't just visually appealing, but story-wise, it was really interesting. So it's entirely possible that some people may have been like, oh, I'm turned off by these characters. You know, there's there's a lot of fun and flashy characters on Toonami that I prefer. But obviously, like, to me, I, I'm, I was very interested in 
because they made a point of remastering and putting it online, I was like, I'm going to stick this out and see what it's like. And I did. And it was very rewarding. The story definitely grows. The characters grow. And obviously that's the point. It's the point that the characters develop this teamwork and that, you know, Takashi improves in his, in his ability to work with his team and all this other stuff. But uh, yeah, like, like just from my perspective, that was initially my turnoff, but it, it, it grew on me and I enjoyed it. I think the thing about that, because you're right, the the first half of the first season is pretty slow. And I, um, while I was working on the show, I, I went ahead and watched a lot of Hongo shows. Like, um, I, I, went, I rewatched Outlaw Star. I rewatched, uh, or I watched for the first time, actually, because it was airing, Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, those are the two really main ones. I also watched Shamanic Princess. Um, and it was just like, he is really slow in the beginning because he really wants you to get to know these characters. Even in Outlaw Star, his probably most popular show, like yep. he's very slow with the characters. And yeah. then once he gets you to to be comfortable and understand who these people are, that's when he starts ramping up. And I think the problem with IGPX for a lot of people is that it takes too long to get to that ramp up, um, which I think is a shame because I think you know I think it's. If you stick it through, especially in season two, it's very rewarding. I think you're rewarded for that patience. Mm. I do like a lot of the the human story going on in IGPX. Initially, I, I do find Takashi to be just a little too much of a punk. He's, he doesn't want to be a team <laughs> player at all. Yeah. I'm like, how how did they even make it to the IG1 yeah. with the way he's he's playing? It doesn't make sense. But yeah. it just know, means people in the IG2 suck. <laughs> I guess so. That that seems to be the case. But it's it's basically like if if your if your lead guy gets first, you probably win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an it's an interesting scoring mechanic. Yeah, well Amy wins one brace single handedly, everybody else just bombs the entire both well, teams. No, just they bomb. tie. That was a tie, yeah. That was a tie. Oh. That was a tie because she got first, and then the other three members three of Sledgehammer finished. finished. And then, and then Takashi and Liz were taken out of the race. So, so basically, as long as how... somebody no. gets first and somebody gets fourth, you win? <laughs> it's, it's a point system. So if you think of like yeah. Mario Kart, the uh, Mario Kart, like you know how you get like 10 points if you get first or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the racing system. So right. You get, um, depending on how many points you get, because uh, that's also, I think that's how F1 works. Um, you finish at a certain time, and that's how your team yeah. wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Or not time. You get so many points for the place that you get. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if it's a team sport, if you're racing in a team sport, you ha- you know, obviously the guy who wins is the guy who wins. Mm-hmm. But if you But if, you know, the three other cars behind him are like, the other team well then does does the team still win you know that's it's it's supposed to be a team sport yeah uh so with uh i don't remember the point structure but it's basically like 15 points is the max you can get and then basically a sledge mama in that second episode because they got the other three places whatever that whatever those rankings are in terms of points that actually matched what Amy got. So that's why they yeah. tied because the other two I completely misinterpreted that. <laughs> I yeah, was it was like eight, one. five, and three. Whatever that, adds up to 15. Does, 
That doesn't yeah. math. <laughs> she is my superhero. Yeah, yeah, eight, five, and three. Be, yeah, no, eight, eight, I five, desperately three. want Seven, in my five, mixed three. life to be in a TF, TSF cockpit with my cat. Like that's, yeah. my, that's my greatest goal in life. <laughs> yeah, when when the announcer Benjamin Bryce talking about like soon you'll be able to talk to Fido in your own living room, I was like, come on, <laughs> give us that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've ever watched the Jason DeMarco interview on the old DVD, which we are bringing over to the Blu-ray. Oh, um, fine. Yeah, he talks about. I asked him about that, and he really goes off in depth about it. So it's just like. Uh, quite a fun little answer. I don't think he ever talked about the living room part, but it was just like we're advanced in we're at a stage where advanced enough we can start doing this with animals, but it's not all the way there yet. We're doing it with IG robots because it's cool, but um, but like humans, for example, like we're not in Ghost in the Shell world. Uh, that's not there yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, the technology is expensive. Like the whole, yeah. the whole. It's written into the show if you're if you're clever enough to pick up all the cues that you know that that mecha needs to be sponsored. It has to be updated. You have to hire a, a, a professional who understands the technology. You have to. It, it's it's expensive. You need a mark. Yeah. So it, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that this isn't readily available. Just like the average household couldn't have their own unit racing unit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, just like the average household couldn't have their own current racing like car. So, you know, it, it does it does make sense that this is exclusive technology to this particular uh, racing setup. But also, I would imagine that IGPX has some kind of uh, patent on it, too, and all that other. Like, I feel like the, it's, it's I think they have like regulations and, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they bring it into the world in a way it's subtle, but if you pay attention, it, it makes sense. It doesn't feel out of place to have all that. They should have put that in the promos. They should have just put the cat <laughs> in the promos. I think really that that maybe that maybe was the missed opportunity. I don't know. Everybody loves cats and yeah. mechs. Come on. <laughs> yes, and dogs. They had a dog too. And dogs too. Yes. And so I think that's really important to say here that he lost to the cat, but. It, yeah. it, he was there and he was cute. <laughs> <laughs> Solo is a girl. <laughs> yeah, so Solo is a girl. I it was Luke a, is a guy. Oh my god, yeah. you're you're right. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just be, just I, because Wendy Lee is voicing really Solo doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean that Solo is a boy. I just I I just felt so naturally superior to the whole situation that I I completely forgot. <laughs> To well, be fair, I always think that cats are boys, or sorry, cats are girls and like dogs are boys. So I get it, yeah. like yeah. just in my head. I always think that Luke is a girl because voiced by Kari Walgren. But I know Luke is a boy. Yes. I, like yeah. it's it's a Luke boy is, cat. Yeah. It's a it's a calico, right? Yes. That has a really high chance of being male. And a, yeah. and a stray. Yeah. Um, oh, he's well, a little stray. Most cats in the world are stray, so it makes yeah. sense. No, but the thing that kind of throws you off is that they both say "down boy" to Sola, and yeah. Sola's not Sola's, Sola's not a boy. A, Sola's, Sola's a girl. And, yeah, Sola's and, a girl. And uh, Crispin Freeman's character, what what was his name? Uh, Bjorn. Yeah, Bjorn. Bjorn is like my girl wanted to come over and congratulate you. So, and then she steals, yeah. steals the hot dog. Steals the hot dog. It's Sola. Don't I, eat junk food. 
I so thought, I have, I, oh my God, when Liz was like, <laughs> I don't like cats or dogs, I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? <laughs> okay, Spike her, Spiegel. <laughs> her character develops. Yes. By episode eight, she, she hugs and bonds with Luca. I'm not going to give away dude. anything. I'm not going to give away anything in season two, but they do become closer um, through necessity. And that's all I'll say. Aww, uh, because I. Yay. So uh, I know that they are. I don't know if they're going to air it. I hope they do. I have faith that they will. I think they will. Yeah. Uh, but they I don't know the schedule. They it in one of these days. They said it. If you we watch the end, I rewatched episode 13, and they say coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. They made, a point. They made well, a point of adding it. I mean... That's in the original airing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. well, they could have cut it if they didn't want to add it, right? No, they couldn't have. Oh, well, then. Uh, <laughs> now they have to. See, now they have to. They promised us. They made a they promise, pro- and they now they have promise, to air it. Yeah. No, that is, yeah, so that's... Uh, Peter Cullen that's, made a promise. Peter Cullen said that. Yeah, he sure in did. In 2005. <laughs> and I guess technically is right. It did air. Um, no, but in terms of, yeah, that's that the, the that next episode preview, that's part of the show. So that's, um, yeah, that's not something that, like, Toonami just put together today. That's why. I'm so disappointed. I was like, that's okay. That, was that's why it's in the four by three with the yeah. box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to preserve Stop that. Crashing my dreams, sketch. Stop. I I have faith that they're gonna air it. I don't have any insight into the schedule or anything like that. But like, there. I mean, you know, a bunch of shows are gonna come to an end, and they. I, I think they're gonna want some filler at two thirty. I think two thirty in the morning is perfect for IGPX. It is a very good filler show. Low, low commitment, very uh, cozy show to end the night. <laughs> they don't have to. It doesn't cost them anything to air it. Like that's that. It's it's right there. It's sitting there. Uh, I do believe they can't put up the. I don't quote me on this. Maybe I shouldn't say, it, but like, I don't believe they can put up the second season on their website until they air it. Um, oh, so, I did wonder if maybe that was gonna start being added there uh, yeah i don't i don't think they can i'm that's that's an educated mm. guess of mine mm. so i think they have to air it if they even want to put it up for streaming because they're like hey. they, on the front page it says full seasons and i'm like technically just full season not not plural <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it what doesn't say cast too oh. yes such a phenomenal cast. Yeah. Yeah. We, we mentioned Peter Cullen as narrator, but uh, obviously Haley Joel Osment, or as many people I saw on Twitter, just, you know, go ape shit over Sora. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great to hear him in a different role. Like you recognize his voice, but he is different as Takashi. He no, does, a totally different character. He do, no, I mean, his voice also is, is augmented to that character, even though you, you know, like you do any voice actor, you can recognize their voice. Also, like I almost didn't recognize Steve Blum. I I was I was like, yeah. wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it then was a, little, a little higher for him, but before yes. he got quite as gravelly. Yeah. Yeah. And Steve then, Blum um, is in that. Yeah. Well, for a while, like I was listening to Liz's character, and I was like, I don't think I've heard this voice in anything else. And I looked up. So so Michelle Rodriguez is is a film actress. I've seen mm-hmm. her in films. I've never heard her outside of a film 
uh, at doing voice acting. So she was fantastic for this role. She gave she made Liz come alive. I love her as Liz. I think it's one of her best roles. Um, yeah. I, special shout out to Lance Henriksen, who I think is just mm. outstanding and steals the freaking show. Uh, obviously, Mark Hamill. Um, Mark Hamill apparently just literally did one take for every- Actually, I do have the audio files. Mark Hamill did, as far as I can tell, one take for everything. <laughs> they just he, never recorded him again. The He's man fantastic. is just that good. Yeah. yeah. He's so I have fun. Take I love that he has that right. Haley Joel Osment, but I don't have, I have one Mark Hamill take for every line. That's awesome. You want to tell Yama he did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do. No. <laughs> I, th- I mean, like, you also probably just, you probably just want him out of the booth as quickly as possible just because, like, <laughs> he's probably not cheap. It's like, look, we already have to pay us two hour minimum. Just like one line. Yeah, sounds perfect. Bye. Get out. Yeah. Yeah, they might have been able to record all of his lines in two hours. Yeah. Not to not to tangent too much. And but I heard somewhere that he's not going to record Joker anymore because his Batman partner isn't he can't record. And that's really sad. But also what wow what a legend what a what a legacy man mark hamill's just phenomenal and everything yeah and good he shouldn't record joker anymore um no he just shouldn't and that's not being like he's a bad actor or anything of course not it's it's you know he has he obviously had a great friendship with kevin conroy and um you know they uh i i get it when you i mean he he was always his batman yeah. So yeah, don't play the you know you shouldn't play the Joker, especially I mean unless you want to, but it clearly doesn't want to. So like, no. but a new partnership. Put, yeah, a new partnership. He put in the work. He's good. Duo. He's got mm-hmm. nothing left to prove. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he did it all. He did so, it all. Uh, neither neither he nor Kevin have anything left to prove. They they did it. Hmm. Um. In terms of the rest of the cast, uh, I but my favorite thing is that okay, so Steve Bloom obviously is kind of less of an anime actor now, but like he was an anime actor back then. I just mm-hmm. love the amount of anime actors that are in this show, and they're sprinkled in. Not like they're not like side characters where I feel like Disney will do the Ghibli thing, uh, where they'll like get obviously the big celebrities and all the main roles, and if it's an incidental character, like they have one line. You know, like Chrisman Freeman at the very end of Howl's Moving Castle, and he just has one line, and that's it, because he's just the anime voice actor they got. And it's like, no, we have the anime voice actors, the American cartoon voice actors, and the American, like, Hollywood live-action actors. They have roles, and and they, they are going... We pick the best person for the role. I think Mark, who's played by... um, Oh, shoot. Uh, Mark... Uh, Kirk Thornton. Kirk Thornton, thank you. Uh, Thornton. I always Thornton. mispronounce that. Yeah, I think he's it's one he's of his perfect best, as Mark. best best roles for him. He's perfect for Mark. He's absolutely yeah. perfect in that role. Um, yeah. Uh, Julia Madalina, I'm sure I butchered her name, who plays Jesse, also really good. Like, uh, you know, and Kari Walgren at the time, not so much a cartoon voice actress, but very much an anime voice actress. You know, just like holds her own and does amazing work. Um, she's got I a lot of range. All, she's got so much. I mean, she plays two roles in the freaking show. Yeah. And then 
obviously, you know, I think I think the easy thing for Amy, what would have been the easy thing to do is to get like, I don't know, like, uh, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about the person I'm about to name, but like a Selena Gomez type or, or a Miley Cyrus type, whatever kid actor is popular, you could have just gotten that for Amy, right? But no, they got Hinden Welch, who's a very accomplished voice actress, to be one of the main leads alongside two big Hollywood actors who were, you know, like Haley Joel Osment and Michelle Rodriguez were at the top of their game at the time. There's a lot of peak career moments, I feel like, yeah. too, on the time of recording, which was in the early 2000s, yeah. mid-2000s, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to, obviously, the casting director um, and um, the team at, at Wind Street and Bang Zoom just going, look, we know we're going to have celebrities on this, but we want, but we also want to cast the best role. And we want, we have the the ability to go beyond the typical anime voice actors, but where it makes sense, we're going to use those anime voice actors because they're also at the top of their game as well. I really like how the makeup team Velstein, you you have Bloom, you have Lex Lang, and you have David Wittenberg. What a what a great selection of you know, they're always in anime. These yeah. these guys and having them play that role that's an antagonist and also like the the thing that's pushing the new kids forward i think that's i think that's a really great thing that they had that yeah and it's not like the the celebrities are just confined to team satomi like obviously mark hamill is in sledge mama yeah uh you know and that team doesn't appear in every episode mm-hmm. you know so i think that that says a lot for their casting process where they were like look we want to get the best actors that we can get it's not just about getting celebrities it's about getting the best and yeah. um yeah one of the things i liked plot wise was how the style of their training is incorporated into the style they're racing like takashi does his kendo and he uses a lot of his kendo techniques in his racing and then liz with her capoeira and she has kung fu and capoeira in in her like fighting and her movement and how she moves her her mecca and it's it's really cool I, it, it would have been awesome to explore that a little further with other characters to see, like, you know, their own techniques briefly incorporated into their mechas and their racing. But it is, it's it's a really great element of character development because you see a lot of scenes with Takashi training, training in kendo, and then training with his team in kendo, and how, how he's training with his team is also reflected in how he races with his team because he's more aggressive and more dominant and arrogant at the beginning. And then later it's like, let me share some things. Let me share some techniques and here's how I do this. And, and that was really cool to watch and watch that progress. But also in uh-huh. general, I just love seeing fighting, <coughs> fighting techniques incorporated into anime. I love that. <laughs> you might, you might see a little bit more of that in season two. Ooh. Takashi and Liz dodging each other's blows as they're trying to show Amy how to see a tell. <laughs> I, I have an observation. <laughs> Obviously, Takashi always beats River when they're mano y mano <laughs> or fighting with swords. And he never beats Liz, does he? He never does. He Liz can't, always no, gets he, the better of him. 
Liz almost always gets the better of him. Like I think that he's he's a little too easy around her because I maybe if he just never let his guard down because he he has a tendency mm. I think of doing that around her, which I I think says a lot about not him. just her. <laughs> He definitely does yeah. that with other characters at first too. Like he, he that's yeah. like can, canonically he lets his guard down around Cunningham the first race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think he lets his guard down. I think he just doesn't take him serious. He underestimates him. I think yeah. there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, um, yeah. good point. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course he does. He doesn't take Fontaine seriously at first, even though she told him, "Hey, don't treat me like." I'm when we're on the track, I'm not your girlfriend, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that says a lot about him and, you know, what he needs to learn about the sport and, and his relationships and how he treats, um, you know, an opponent versus, yeah. uh, an actual relationship. And it's, you know, also fun. Okay. During the course of the remaster Fontaine kind of became my favorite character. Like one of my favorite characters is still Andre. Um, but, I really love Fontaine. I think I wrote her off as too much of a Barbie doll girl power type of thing. And then I'm like, no, there's depth here. And especially in season two, like there's so much more to the character than I really gave credit for. And I think her last appearance in the series might be my favorite episode now. So I'm really, I hope you guys see season two. It's really, really uh, good. And um, also the animation is also really good in yes, this show. Yes, it is. That's Holy fact. crap! Yes. They could not get these people today. No way. Uh-uh. But also, uh. I think Team Sledge Mama, like, it surprises you too because they they set you up to think that they're these mega bad guys that they sent fans after them to to you know beat up beat up Team Satomi. And they that they may have um, sabotaged the mech and everything. And Yam, Yama's like, no, that's not how I roll. Like he's like, I'm tough and I don't follow the rules when I'm racing. But outside of the racetrack, that's not how I am. And like you surprised because you're ready to label them as bad guys. But like it's good too to have he's got a code of honor. Team. Yeah, like he has his own code of honor, and and River fits in really well. And it was it was so cool to see him racing. Takashi because at first it, they gave the impression like that he couldn't beat him but that race is very very close and they're having the best time fighting each other and River has also he's he's figured out some of Takashi's tells and he's incorporating those moves out on the racetrack and and they're they're just having the best time it's not about being arrogant anymore it's not about being better it's about like we're racing and we're taking this seriously and we're also having fun and that's such cool character development but also is is a really cool thing to see teach team sledge mama be less like bad guy and just they're just another team with a quirk you know and you can appreciate it yeah team sledge mama uh they're kind of doing their own thing in terms of like they like to be intimidating because it's it's I think it's good to throw your your opponents off balance and I think to just kind of get in their heads. But I think obviously there's a line and their fans. I, I like to think that I, I don't remember where I heard this from. I think it's like from soccer hooligans where just like they take it a little too seriously off the field where like they will maybe do some things that are a little 
like not endorsed by the actual soccer team and are just like, hey, knock it off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that there's a plot. Again, I feel like there's a lot of like um, this sport is like the has the same kind of mania as soccer because there's a there's a line in episode. 10 when um takashi has the robot like the little nano machine that's sabotaging his mech from the inside and like satomi's like i'm gonna cancel the race right now and he's like wait there will be a riot in the stands like people (laughs) came to see a freaking race and i'm just like yeah that's happened and you know so i'm just like i like the idea of like wait let's make sure that there's an actual issue here like is our pilot in danger is there, you know, like, can he finish the race? Can we fix this? Like, let's go through all those steps before we actually stop this race. And I just like to think that IGPX is such a mania where, uh, you know, fans will just like, what do you mean there's no race? Bob, what Bob? Screw you. And just start hitting each other. Yeah. Especially if they're there to see Sledge Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sledge I, Mama rules. Sonomi <laughs> drools. Who goes after a teenager with a bat? Like, come on. Like, we, yeah. Get we've left, but also we've left reality very far behind. Yes, we oh, have. Very, That's... very much so. Very much so. We have talking cats and like giant robots that go 400 miles an hour. We. I'm convinced gone. that this and, is the future, though. Now <laughs> they, they have I... to. They have to do their pits in motion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. I remember, I think I did the math on it once to see how long it would take to do an IG race. Um, and I think it actually does time out to about 30 minutes. If you, because uh, the, the, the track length, Peter Cullen says the track length, and then he also says the speeds that they approach. Yes. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I wonder how long the race would last, actually. And I like, I think some I typed it in. Some old fashioned algebra. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That actually is 30 minutes. Wow, these races are short, but on time. I would have to do it again. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, or maybe I did my math wrong. I'm not good at math. That is so. awesome, and and because uh, I'm too lazy to do that, if you find if that math and post it, I would. I think huh. we could retweet that. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what? Uh, the other thing I think about the show that I, I wanted to touch upon, of course, is the animation. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but man, this this team from Production IG, a lot of them are from Ghost in the Shell, um, and um, I think the, the I think obviously the standout animator is um, is Hiroyuki Okiura, who did he was the director of Jinro. He directed Giovanni's Island, I think, as well. A Letter to Momo. He he's this incredibly talented 2D artist. And the scene that like is in all the promos at the beginning is when Liz is doing her exercises in the dojo and just this very fluid like punch. Um and he also did a couple of other scenes in episode one and episode 13. Uh but that that scene, I always thought like, wow, he rotoscoped that. He must have gotten a model. And it's like apparently no, he just is that good. And can wow. do animation that fluid. And according to Hongo, I th- or maybe it was Maki who told me this, I don't remember. Um, he really wanted to work on this show because the the type of work that he had done, like he he worked on Ghost in the Sh- he was working on Ghost in the Shell, he was working on uh he worked on Jinro. The type of animation that he would do was more 
like if you look at the character designs on on those shows they're like much more realistic there's not a lot of like like caricature work and he especially in the dojo scene in episode one with takashi going you don't think i can beat them do you ha 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 like he wanted to do something a little more like hey i kind of want to have a little fun and do some uh, some squash and stretch and like make these anime characters a little more anime you know like with the sweat drops and everything so it was kind of cool seeing that uh come come to life with such a fluid you know key animation it's just oh my god it's gorgeous work um the other shout out who i'm gonna mention is uh takeuchi uh who is the one of the mecha designers he also worked on ghost in the shell get a lot of ghost in the shell people (laughs) and uh just the he he did storyboards in episode 21 and episode 21 might be, in terms of the action, might be one of the best episodes. Um, so, yeah, he just is incredibly talented. Um, and I, he, the, the mecha design work he did, there's kind of nothing, nothing kind of looks like IGPX after IGPX or before IGPX. Like, the mecha designs are very unique to the show. Um, yeah. And I always thought that was really cool. Even, like, I feel like mecha racing has been a thing before and after IGPX. I don't think it's an entirely unique concept, but I've never seen the mechs look quite the way they do since then. It's always like they turn into cars or something. Yeah. There's all these interesting parts that kind of flail out on all the different mechs. Yeah. Sometimes they only get used like in one scene it's it, it's crazy that they just <laughs> throw something in there just to show it one time but man so, cool something stuff. i learned and i'm gonna give her kudos is maki apparently did a lot of the logos on the mechs oh which is really? why you have some a lot of easter eggs on those logos I yeah <laughs> apparently she did a good chunk of them uh which i awesome. i was like I, I i like always forget that maki is like a graphic designer <laughs> like because i just think of maki as a producer obviously um yeah. and just like obviously she's super super duper talented um and just one of the best in the biz and then she's you're just like and then you're just like oh you do art too in like but like in a at this level holy shit you know when i first saw that she did the fena logo i was like what <laughs> how yeah crazy uh sorry just my my also just a big thanks to maki uh this the blu-ray uh she contributed so much to it i can't wait for all of her contributions to be announced um she's the well okay hongo was my idea but takeuchi-san was something she provided and there's one other guest who i again have not named and will not announce sorry uh um, I, it's a have big to one. Buy oh, the it's a big Blu-ray, one. I guess. Have to buy the Blu-ray, or Very you know, Discotech announce, or maybe Discotech will announce it. But I don't want to announce it because it's such. It was like when she told me that this person wanted to do it, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh yes. God, now I'm like dying to know. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm dying to tell everybody, so I can't wait. But uh, gonna have to guesses. buy the Blu-ray. Mm. Two guesses. You can. Feel feel free to say your guesses. I'm I'm sure they're wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Because if they're right, then 
you'd have to lie and it'd be awkward. So <laughs> maybe I'm okay. stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't you theoretically figure it out by looking at uh, the staff oh, I- on the show? <laughs> it's true. It's a pretty all-star. Ca- I mean, now they're all like, you know, credible stars with really lucrative careers in their arsenal. So any any yeah. of those cast members would have been would be great to do commentary. Yeah, there's there's I will say it's not a cast member. I'll just say that much. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I, I figured okay. it, I figured it was a uh, animation staff. Ooh, even more interesting, even more interesting, because uh, that makes a lot more sense, because if you're doing a remaster, you get the technical side of things and yeah that that's really cool very exciting um but yeah uh I, i'm gonna get off that topic now because i don't <laughs> want to announce who it is um <laughs> in terms of anything else uh i don't know I, I really like season one i think the season finale is very strong uh um, cool. mm-hmm. i think uh i think for, for those of you that were patient i hope you felt rewarded by the end I did. Um, <laughs> good, great. Um, I it, and it's just uh, I love the fact that it seems like the opinion on the show has turned, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. You know, it's funny considering it's basically a 20 year old show. It's yeah. it could have been made today, and the subject matter because the 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 um, style of the show the subject of the show is like it falls in beautifully with a lot of the popular series you know the animation is very modern yeah it's not just the animation it's it's the story it's it's the the characters it's you know the subject matter the racing stuff the mecca because it's it's unique in its form because it's taking a little bit out of several different um several different types of anime like it's not it's sport but it's not sport it's mech but it's not mech it's character, but it's not character driven. Like it's, it's a little bit of everything and that kind of mashup. And I always like to use musical reference Lincoln park as one of these where they take rock and rap. And at the time they were like the first to ever do anything like that. It made them, you know, humongously popular, which lasted for, for decades. Like this is the kind of thing in anime that I think holds really well today. And so, you know, you wouldn't know, I think without, doing your research that it was a 20 year old show but but it, it doesn't look well. it yeah no it holds up really well subject matter wise but obviously visually you know like i said visually it's just it's it's stunning it's excellent it's really i like fun to make jokes to, oh go ahead it's it's really fun to to look at okay this show came out in 2005 and obviously their vision of the future would not necessarily reflect our current vision of the future. So it's it's fun to see the technology and they they have like flip phones that have digital screens that go up and they got you know <laughs> fairly archaic looking video game things and all kinds of stuff and it's just it's just fun to see the level of technology and then also various things that we don't have and various things that we are well past. <laughs> Yuri and Takashi really love that segue. Mm-hmm. They yeah. write a little segue, yeah. Yeah, they they do. They do. The, I've not, noticed I mean, uh, a lot of hot exists. dogs. <laughs> a lot of hot dogs are eaten in this show. That is Hongo. That is 100% Hongo. Apparently, Any, he d- anybody got a hot dog counter? <laughs> Hongo does not like fish, uh, oh. which hmm. 
which as a Japanese person obviously is very odd. Um, but huh. he doesn't like he doesn't like fish. He really likes hamburgers and hot dogs. Nice. Huh. So that was his contribution to the show. That said, the he he said that the um the character for Takashi reminds him uh in terms of personality the of the character designer um uh Kaya-san who um apparently is like very lazy and unmotivated type of guy. So like uh I think I I don't know maybe Hongo was thinking of um was thinking of him when he was like you're designing the character also i guess we're just gonna base him off you <laughs> not not entirely based him off you. at least obviously. he likes stuff he's on a, he's his a teenager. hot dog i can't believe liz likes a plain hot dog it's like wait what are we 12 you don't want no, she, doesn't no like, she likes stuff she just doesn't like relish yeah she doesn't like relish that's the one thing she doesn't like relish um, though he doesn't like relish I'm with Liz. I'm sorry. I'm with Liz. I don't. I don't. I'm not. It depends on the relish. Some relishes are. I'm the weirdo. I don't put anything on a hot dog other than cheese. Okay, then. Yes, you are the weirdo. (laughs) You and Liz can go to a corner (laughs) and eat your plain, boring hot dogs. We will. And we're going to eat eat the bun because it has gluten in it. Yeah. (laughs) I I literally ate a hot dog in a hockey game the other day and i just i just took a fork and i ate the hot dog i didn't eat the bun <laughs> it was okay oh my god i'm shaking it wasn't as good part. as a costco hot dog i'll tell you that much it is the best part to be fair like the yeah. whole reason you're eating the yeah, food yeah, yeah. in the begin with i mean i love hot dog it's... buns though i just i can't eat them now <laughs> fair enough sad 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 enough about me this is making uh, me hungry now i'm super i'm starving yeah. um but yeah. uh yeah i'm gonna have to wait <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know what else um anything else about the show you guys want to talk about i guess i don't know you have oh. me here yeah yeah dead air dead air dead ah oh, you're bringing it back i, I uh, I heard that Ian interview from years ago, and I just thought of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, what a scamp he is. Oh, what a scamp. Does he I, still I have was... your hat? What's up? Does he still have your hat? Does he still have my hat, Ian? Yeah. He stole he a hat take... of mine? Didn't he? I don't think so. He no. might have worn one of my... Like, I have a ton of Space Dandy hats, but I don't think he's taken any of them. Uh he has probably tried. Uh, he probably wants to take my jacket. Yeah, because uh, I know he doesn't. Because I know he doesn't have one. Um, but I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he's ever actually seen me wear it. I've never seen him in person wear it. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Sure. So, I'm assuming that there are races off screen between the other yes. teams. Because it, because mm-hmm. like you're, uh, you know, looking at the races. Obviously, these are all from Team Satomi, but you, you can only have, like, brackets if you have other teams racing. Do you happen to know, as you were doing this, if there ever was a discussion about showing any of those other races when they were initially creating the show? I don't know if there was ever a discussion about showing the other races. Um, I know that Jason at some point thought about doing other tracks um but in terms of the budget 
it didn't make sense to make a whole new track. I think the only new track we got is the is the uh, the Ricky circuit, um, but that you know we you kind of briefly see that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the IG track is kind of like they the compromise for that was like, well, we can change things in and out for the track. But in terms of the results of the other races. We actually do know those. Um, they are in the action reports, which are the liner notes on the Japanese DVDs. Um, those have been translated, and we couldn't we couldn't include them all on the Blu-ray. We included, I think, some of the more interesting ones um, because it was just like there's too many. It's like it's like 14 pages of liner notes, and it's like oh, nice. Ooh. For, that we included on the Blu-ray, but like in terms, I would of, have watched that if that had been its own like miniseries for sure. <laughs> in terms of the oh, actual yeah. like liner notes that yeah. are available, they were all fully translated, and I think they they might go like there might be a hundred pages of that. Wow. Well, those are all our friend Joshua Morgan of the IGPX.com did all that work, um, and he has been posting them on the IGPX.com. Uh, no and what and one of the I think the one leading up to episode 12 right before the final race um, the action report there has the results from all the other races so you can see where uh-huh. Satomi stacks up where Velstein stacks up and you know where everybody ranked um, so and he, he has a little key so you can read it um, but yeah visit the igpx.com it is I, I'm so glad that Joshua got to participate in our release. He was one of the first people I wrangled. Um, and I'm so glad that he's a part of it. Um, and I I hope I see him when I go over to Japan. But he... <laughs> poor dude, Pro- man. Probably the, the person who has thought about IGPX as much or slightly less than you in the past 10 years. Yeah, he... <laughs> Dude, his website was such a valuable resource when I was doing the DVD. And I was just like, well, I know the dude now. Why don't I just like make him a part of this? He should be a part of this. And he has a commentary on the release, which I did announce that. So he has a commentary. Of course, he did the action reports. Um, But because we couldn't include them all, the whole thing uh, was on at one point on his website. He's gone back and retranslated it for our release. But the whole thing will be up on his website. Um, And uh, I think he's going to hold on to the rest of them because he's only got through episode 13. Um, I think he's going to hold off to see if IGPX ends up airing again on Toonami to share the rest. But they're all translated. They're all finished. He recently, last year, redesigned his website in anticipation of the Blu-ray. So, yeah, go check out the IGPX.com. I will. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's awesome. The IGPX.com. Yes. Yeah. Which is very funny because that actually used to be the official IGPX website. Um, <laughs> if you, if you uh, for those of you that maybe remember this, Nintendo Power or like, I think maybe PlayStation Magazine or a couple of these, they handed out screener DVDs of the first episode of IGPX. It, it wasn't a complete version of the first episode. It was like the version they had put together for Comic-Con. And they just printed a bunch of DVDs and, and sent them out. And um, they, on on the special features, it says for more music and, and screenshots and like screensavers and shit like that, 
which unfortunately nobody has saved this, go visit the official website and the, the URL is the IGPX.com. And apparently Cartoon Network let it expire and he just bought it. So now the official <laughs> website goes to his his fan site. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Honestly, lucky. Very good yeah. steward of that URL. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Now I'm I, I definitely have like OBA in my headcanon for how these races may have gone. So I'm gonna enjoy reviewing some of that info for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. we know Velstein won all but one race. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they yes they won literally every race. I mean, because Sir Hongra said we haven't race. lost a race in two years. So, Anything, so since yeah. we mentioned it, I went and looked it up. It's a 60-mile track, 400 miles per hour. And then the point system is, in order from first to six, 15, 7, 5, 3, 2, 1, and 0 if they don't finish. Well, there you go. Right. 7, 5, and 3 adds up to 15. Yeah, it's like playing uh, Crash Bandicoot Racing. <laughs> this would be a great video game too. <laughs> yeah. There, there is, is an IG IGPX video game. No In kidding. Fact, I did not know. There are multiple IGPX video games if you include the flash games. Um, uh, I know. I, really a missed opportunity not to come out with one for the Wii. Uh well, I think at that point it was too late. Um well, obviously. The, <laughs> Man, uh, so I'll, I guess I'll just cut, talk about them here because we cut these features. Um, I was going to do two, uh, the, two of the features that I really wanted to do. I wanted to do a merch showcase where I just uh, document, like, I don't know if it was going to be a slideshow. It was probably going to be more of a documentary type thing where I go through and just show all the merch from the show because I have so much of it. I have, like, the rare skateboard that like they gave away in a contest. I don't have the stupid jacket, but a friend of mine has it. Um, I want that jacket. Now I need to see <laughs> both the skateboard and the jacket. Uh, Arthur has the jacket. Maybe um, he'll trade it to you for uh, the dandy jacket. No, I'm never giving away the dandy <laughs> jacket. Never, ever. I just had it dry cleaned. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was going to go through and like show the merch. Um, I have like pencil boards and like, think joshua has the art book um so we, i was gonna try to get as much of it as i could and like to show it off because like there was a lot for the show they really tried to promote the shit out of this thing um and then the other one was going to be a gaming showcase where i was going to go from the the original igpx pilot flash game Ooh, maybe some gameplay of that that one the the race to the finish flash game for the main series um because I have both of those um, thanks to preservation efforts from a lot of people who saved a lot of flash games. So I have both of those. And then I have the PS2 game, both the English and Japanese versions. Uh, I have never finished either of them. <laughs> I, they're I to, hard. They're kind of hard. Um, also, <laughs> you'll race though, against the rocket and lose. <laughs> I've been meaning to try said. to get to I just want to get to the credits because I don't know who's in these games. Other than I know Joshua Seth plays Takashi because he played him in the pilot and he plays him in the video game. I think that's Sandy Fox playing uh, Liz. Amy. Oh, Liz. No, Liz. I don't remember who plays Amy. It's weird because it's like they're trying to voice match 
I think it's the original cast from the pilot, and I think they're trying to voice match, but they're tr- but they're trying to voice match what Haley Joel Osment, Michelle Rodriguez, and Hinden Welch did, uh, uh, and Lance Henriksen as well. Someone replaced Lance. I think Mark might be the only person who came back. Oh, and Stephanie Shea came back for Yuri. Um, mm. They got someone else for Tom Kenny, or sorry, for Benjamin Bright. It's not Tom Kenny. And boy, howdy. Uh, no offense to the voice actor trying to be Benjamin Bright, but <laughs> oh, no. no, it's oh, not. No. I'm so, it doesn't work. It, I think it just says a lot of the announcer. I, I Maybe some people found the announcer annoying, but I, I don't. I think Benjamin Bright is a very fun character, but because of Tom no, Kenny, I, oh, yeah. I think I think lit. But like in someone else's hands, that character is very annoying. And uh, the proof is of that, and I'm so sorry to the voice actor, whoever this is, who plays Benjamin Bright in the video game. Uh, you you don't pull it off. Uh, and I th- and I think they were set up to fail because they have the voice match Tom King. Yikes! Yikes! That's well, rough. I love yeah. racing games. I'm also really good at losing at them. So <laughs> sounds like yeah, nothing new would have happened here. <laughs> you, but the cool thing about the video game, about the PS2 game, is that you actually go through the entire IG league. It's not just like oh, they just take you in the IG one. No, you start from the bottom. You go uh-huh. from IG three, IG two, IG one. You got to work for it. You yeah. got to work oh, so... for it. So if you want to play, play the people from all the these show, other teams. it would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because I, I I do wonder at least what the names of the other uh, IG3 and IG2 teams might be. I'm sure they're... I, I don't pay too close attention. Uh, I've only played like the first level. I keep stopping because I get busy. Um, but I yeah, the names are in there. I know that... Um, I'm interested to see if they're consistent with the Team Rolling Stone name. Um, Because Team Rolling Stone is the... My wife just came home. (laughs) Uh, The Team Rolling Stone is the team that they beat in the IG2, that green machine team. Um, Mm. And the only reason we know that is actually because of the liner notes. Um, So I'm wondering if their name is consistent in uh, in the video game. Maybe. I hope it is. Because they never name them in the show. Maybe there's a Let's Play. (laughs) I'm sure there's a Let's Play out there, but I'm too lazy to look. There's theoretically a Let's Play for everything at this point. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine, like, like doing (laughs) if we if we had a copy of the game, we played it, like how comical it would be to see (laughs) us. Oh my gosh. Like you know, because you're fighting too. <laughs> I'm, o- I'm okay at Mario Kart. Any, I've always been bad at F Zero. F Zero GX is my game. My mouth. Oh, oh if you're good at F Zero GX, I feel like you'd probably be good at IGPX. I'm only good at racing. <laughs> IGPX is a little change. different because it's not the way it works. The the thing my bobber works is um. Sorry, I'm, my wife is distracting me. It's very pretty. Um, the right thing to say. Yes. It's distracting me with my mail and being very pretty. Um, <laughs> yes, that is for the filter for the fridge. <laughs> <You'll>... <laughs> Hi, babe. Hashtag married life. <laughs> Hashtag married life. Um, anyways, the, um, what the hell were we talking about? IGPX the video game. 
so the IGBX video game is just um it's uh it's it's fighting first and then you do racing because it's it's a little different it's a little more strategic uh... you don't just like race it's kind of weird to describe but when you when you play it you're like okay this is the only way this is going to work inside the show i would i would love to see what a pure racing version of igpx looks like um i think that'd be fun to do like a kinetica version of of the of the race but you know we'll hmm. you know no one is ever going to make that game so the, whatever the fighting, the fighting part makes a lot of sense that's kind of the fun part is to have the the aggression mm-hmm. out there and and the ability to cheat. I won't even tell you how long I had a game before I figured out how to drift, but it's embarrassing. <laughs> then once oh, I yeah. figured it out, like it's like, oh, oh, this is how you play this game. Now I understand. <laughs> and now you're snaking across the track. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Well, maybe you can do it in F0GX, but F0GX is just also ridiculously hard. Oh, it's extremely hard. Port the switch! Yes, Do not be faithful switch. playing IGPX racing. Bring on the four-letter w- expletives. <laughs> I would totally... Oh, man, I wanted to do a stream. Like, once once the Blu-ray has a release date, I am totally want to do a stream of just that game and, like, try to beat it in a night, see what happens. Yeah. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah. But, and then, you know, talk about everything about the release, I guess, and just promote the shit out of it. Um, but, yeah. You should uh, post pictures of some of the merch, too. Yeah, I was well. I I was thinking about making that into a, like a YouTube video. Um, same thing with the gaming showcase. Like, make that into it's like its own YouTube video thing. But honestly, I'm also IGPXed out um, at this point. Fair I enough. will watch it on TV. I will promote the crap out of the Blu-ray once it's out. I need a break. I and on to have, something new. It is time for it, yeah. It's definitely time for something new. I I had such a great time at uh, working on IGPX, and it's a show that obviously is very 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 important to me. But when I started the show, when I started doing the D- discotech DVD, um, I was 25 and a bachelor living in a studio apartment, and you know like, I it's not that I didn't have a social life, but I could disappear for a few weeks and it didn't matter. Well, now I'm married and I have a mortgage uh, and I'm almost 35. Uh, So, you know, uh, responsibilities are a little different now. Time to time to change. And I definitely can't do stuff for free anymore. Like I can't. IGPX is a special case. But like, you know, if I ever do a project this big again, I have to like, you know, get something from it because I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to get anything out of this. A true labor of love. Yep. Early. It definitely falls under the. We talked about this a lot on the podcast before. I would consider this a hidden gem that now is is shining. Especially, I think you, it's because I because I didn't watch it before, and it, I had to, two opportunities to watch it, and I watched it's it. It's never shined so pretty. <laughs> I think I hope that the the fact that we've upgraded the show to HD is going to help. Um, you know people discover it because i think you know unfortunately like if it's if it's standard def um for some people that's just a barrier like especially for anime fans anime fans won't buy dvds anymore which is and they they keep calling for the end of it please stop doing that (laughs) well now we know we don't own our digital content so people are rapidly realizing that they need to buy 
physical copies if they want to keep stuff. <laughs> yeah, physical. I I have nothing against physical copies. That's great. Please stop asking for the end of DVD <laughs> because they're all like, oh, once DVD goes away, everything will just be on Blu-ray. No, Blu-ray will go with it. Stop. DVD yeah. still outsells Blu-ray by a lot. No, by we, a good margin. We need, and as long as I can play it on my PlayStation. Yeah, needs to be the same format, (laughs) which can be either or both. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, my ideal release, besides Blu-ray, obviously, um, would be a big iTunes box set. I would love to put it up on iTunes just because I I buy a lot of stuff from there. Um, But yeah, like I I also recognize the need for physical media. I'm aware of it. I'm happy it's going to get a a shot on Blu-ray. And I think the audience that wants it is going to get it. And I I have good feelings about the show because I, I, I've never gotten sales numbers for the DVD, but I don't I know it's sold out more than once. So I'm like, all right, people must be buying this thing. I, I, I can't so. I can't imagine that 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 discotheque would be on board with doing a Blu-ray if the DVD didn't sell well enough. I mean, uh, so the the Blu-ray was going to happen with or without the sales, I think, because um, for a long time it was talked about as a standard def Blu-ray. Nothing against standard def Blu-rays. I I own a bunch of them from Discotech now and actually some other companies too. And they're great, but I knew that if that happened on IGPX, I would never get another shot at the show. So, you know, I had to like, took a lot of work um obviously finding new masters and like convincing them like hey this is a worthwhile endeavor um but i also partially think that the reason why they agreed to it is because like so much of the labor came for free (laughs) this is a costly like it's not this remaster is not cheap so i'm like okay here we go a lot of stuff's gonna have to happen for free on my end at least um but uh you know and adult swim did help like they actually did finance a little bit of the remaster uh production very minimally but um yeah it's uh, at the end of it the only reason we were able to do it i think is just because we kept the cost way the f down um so yeah i'm happy we were able to do it because i don't think there's any other way for this show great marker for your cv too yeah, I doubt it. No. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, so this is true. I did bring out the IGPX DVD when the, the discotheque one, the original discotheque one, uh, when that came out and I was interviewing for a promotion, I did plop that on my interviewer's desks and I did get the job. Um, uh. That said, I don't think that matters anymore <laughs> because who the F has a Blu-ray player? So I am the weird one at CNN. Like so many of my colleagues do not buy physical media or anything. They're just like, yeah, we'll watch it on streaming. Uh, Nothing against streaming, but I, I'm definitely the odd one out. Well, enjoy not ever having anything. <laughs> I think I think the thing is that a lot of people don't care to own stuff. Like it's okay. That's they want to Maria Kondo that shit. <laughs> And, you know, like, it's fine. I, I hate to get into this topic, but I guess we're doing it. Um, I, it's fine if, you know, not everyone wants to be a collector. I understand that. 
It just sucks because um, that market going away screws it for those of us who do like being collectors. I think anime fans in general, the the audience is a very heavy collector audience, too. The the anime audience tends to be a little more well-informed about collecting, definitely. and and More inclined to it, I would say. Yeah, that too. And the fact is, they're also, like, typically a lot smarter when it comes to, like, the technical aspects. Um, Like, they know what, most of the time, they tend to know what they're talking about. Um, you know, sometimes they're way off too, but you know, to give them some Honestly, credit, they, the disco disco doesn't manufacture DVDs anymore because the, they, they know their audience will just buy Blu-ray. They don't buy DVDs. Yeah. Out of mm-hmm. our, out of our group, just on Tanami faithful, I am, I am the outlier here as one of the only ones who doesn't regularly buy physical media and or other merchandise i'm pretty sparing with my purchases of all these things but definitely like a lot of our other tsunami faithful staff regularly buy stuff as as i should and i i promote it it's just a peculiarity of mine that i don't not that i don't you know appreciate collecting but i collect other stuff and i just don't have the space in my house i understand (laughs) Uh, that's i mean that's a big reason why i started buying stuff on itunes i'm just like Look, I like the show, but like, I don't need to own it on Blu-ray. Like that, that, that very finite shelf space can go to something else. I'm fine owning it on iTunes. Like it costs like this much, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll own it on iTunes. And if they r- ever rip it out of my library, well, that sucks. It's not great, but like, I, I wasn't gonna buy it on Blu-ray anyways. Um, also, I um iTunes lets you download stuff anyway. So like if it's really important, like, okay, so like the Toonami originals that don't have home video releases, they're downloaded and they just, they cannot leave my library unless I like don't back them up and they crash the hard drive or whatever, but like they're there so I can watch them whenever. Yeah. It's not hard Mm -hmm. to do. And and that's a big reason why I pick (laughs) iTunes because you can download your stuff. Speaking of Toonami original series, how far things have come since this first one. But I must say, and I know that maybe I'm a little overly critical of a lot of these original series. You are. But to me, IGPX, the first and still the best. I am very happy about Ninja Kamui's success. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm he's doing well. so ecstatic. because I. So for those of you that don't know, I... Um, tend to track certain shows on iTunes just because they have the charts and they're really easy to like go through. And it's really nice um, to do that. And I've been tracking, I've been doing it since Fully Coolly Progressive and Fully, and I was going back through everything. Fully Coolly Progressive for the longest time kind of had the best debut until Ninja Kamui just blew the freaking doors off. Um, by far the best debut. And I'm so happy about that because i think I hope it stays it's, on there too because they've taken off some of the shows which is disappointing it's disappointing but like uh you know but in terms i don't ninja kamui is not going to be one of them no way Good. yeah it's doing like from what i can tell it's doing rick and morty chart position that's awesome so it's doing amazingly well and um well on max too 
and it's been doing well on Max. Yeah, like so I'm I'm extremely happy because I think um you know, like I I think it's not a secret that I admire Jason DeMarco and I think and I, you know, I think the world of that dude. I think he is so he is just so effing smart and committed yeah. mm-hmm. to the type of stuff he does and he he cares so much and it sucks seeing shows like IGPX, like Fena, like Shenmue, like Blade Runner not do great. Like they're good shows. I like all of those shows I just named. They um, were good shows. I agree. But to not have them do like uh, the gangbusters that, you know, I think people above him place on these shows that are just unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It sucks to see. And now to see him just continuously work his way just by developing really good relationships, working with the best people and um, just really doing stuff that he believes in. Yeah. It's just like, man, you don't get an executive like that. Yeah. You don't get someone in development like that all the time. Like, you know, you might not like IGPX and you might not like, you know, all these shows, but the people behind them, like they don't, they're not doing it for a paycheck. Like it's, they it's believe in project. these shows. Yeah. 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 And, and I, he's working on War of the Rohirrim and you can tell how psyched he is about it when he talks oh, about it. Oh, he's so psyched. I, uh, it makes me excited. It makes me excited as a viewer when I see people working on the project, like pump it up like that. Like whenever Maki would talk about some of her stuff and what she'd worked on, like it is really infectious too, because then you can see that this isn't just a paycheck. They're not just mailing it in. They're actually putting some heart and soul into these projects. And that's really exciting. And, and Maki's another amazing producer, like yeah. uh, her, her work on obviously at, uh, you know, at production IG and then doing stuff like, uh, you know, out of nowhere, She's just on like these huge projects like Castlevania, and you're just like, what? Yeah. How? And be the beginning. But but like that's a production IG show, but it, Castlevania is not. Yeah. Castlevania is like powerhouse, right? Or like yeah, powerhouse animation, yeah. Yeah. Jose, so, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our previous podcasts, but Sketch isn't kidding when he tells you this is his favorite because as long as I've been on staff. He has talked about IGPX and wanting to see it replay on Toonami. I swear to God, he has been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> I don't know if I talked about remember that much. He, you, you yeah, brought, he's not, you he, have brought it up with regularity to the fact that I could remember it. <laughs> he's not Paul with Thundercats. Oh, my no. God. No, nobody can... <laughs> he's still That's like a meme. Paul, Paul with, with Thundercats. Thundercats is a meme. We made fun of yeah, him no. last week about that, too. <laughs> By the way, Jose, have you, uh, in in your re- re-watching of Outlaw Star, do you still consider it campy? Yes. It's fully camp. <laughs> it's a very camp show. I love it to pieces. Tremendously campy show. It is a tremendously campy show. Oh, but it's so good. Like, okay, my, my wife is in the room, and we watched Outlaw Star together, and we had a wonderful time re-watching it. It's great to revisit. It's a wonderful show. Um, but there's a lot of camp elements to it. Like, you know, in the intro, um, in the intro, they change it up, I think, like, halfway through the series, where, like, the, the, the three women of the Outlaw Star crew are, like, kind of separate. 
because they're not friends yet. They're like, uh, we we sort we get along, but like whatever. And then like, you know, as the show progresses, they get closer and closer and closer. And by the end, like by the end of it, they're like all hugging together. They're like, yeah, we're bros, you know. And it's I'm like, that's cool i love little things like that absolutely personalities in each of these characters too yeah Yeah, they're they're fighting ships with arms like it doesn't get much more camp than that that is the ship looks like a giant penis like it's very campy (laughs) oh my god it does oh my god it's It's a it's a penis with arms yeah Yeah, it is (laughs) Wow, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> now you can't. Um, now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> that show is camp, and I love it. It's awesome. It's great. Outlaw Star, man. I'm glad they put it back on Tsunami for a bit. It's been a little while. Didn't Doesn't she, like, plug into the ship? The, yeah, Melfina. Yeah, Melfina. The, oh my god, yeah, that's core. so explicitly yeah. sexual. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay, they put a bikini on her. Did either of you ever <laughs> back in the ever old days see they did. the sci-fi series? It was a Canadian show called Lex. Lex, I'm no, I've never seen familiar that. with Lex, oh but god. I didn't watch much of it. This was like I'm convinced that the whoever came up with this was doing heavy drugs at the time because I felt like the whole thing was so trippy, but complete. It, it, it's like subtle. You know how they have in LL Star these these sort of subtle sexual elements. In Lex, it's all in your face. Oh and yeah, and they, I remember that much about it. <laughs> and they do it with serious faces, so it's like it's it's super, super campy, but you just cannot believe that they're doing this without dying of laughter, like that they're taking this role seriously with how overtly sexual it is. I, you just kind of wonder, like you get such whiplash, wait, what did I just watch? Was that, Only that cowards use subtext. That's, <laughs> That's right. Only cowards <laughs> use subtext. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry. I love I love Outlaw Star and I love I love the work of Hongo. I think he's a super talented director. I think incredibly underrated. Um, you know, but yeah, uh, Outlaw Star still camp, still wonderful. <laughs> um, holds up incredibly well. I it sucks that it's overshadowed by Bebop. I don't think those shows should be in competition with yeah. each other. Um, really different. There's just a different thing, and it sucks that they get compared all the time. I love Bebop to pieces. Bebop is my favorite show ever. Um, but like, I don't compare it to Outlaw Star because it's just they're very different. You know, Bebop's its own thing. Hmm. Yeah, there was a, an astonishing amount of overlap in the Japanese broadcast. I think at one point, two of them were airing at the same time, either Bebop or Trigun or Trigun and Outlaw Star. Like I think it's weird because in the same they were both year, from Sunrise. Yeah, they're yeah. both from Sunrise in the same year. And it's like, yo, spread those out a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. People just really wanted to be in space and have quirky characters. Well, well that was the Star style Wars was at coming the time. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Star Wars was coming out, and they wanted exactly. Yeah, that is not a joke. That is why Bebop got made. Yeah, yeah, but stylistically, Watanabe is his own beautiful amazing thing yeah I, i'm such a huge fan oh i, I love watanabe son i got to meet him like many years ago oh you're oh that's amazing that's awesome yeah 
uh, it was for this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was a long time ago. That was 10. Oh, my God. How long ago was that? That was 10 well, years ago. I tell oh, crap. You, with uh, all no, the that wonderful. Was, that, was, that was 11 years ago. All the wonderful work you've done with IGPX. I have just one hope that Crunchyroll loses the license to Space Dandy and Discotech gets it. Uh, no comments. I won't comment on licensing things, especially for a company I don't work for. <laughs> I don't expect you to. I'm just saying it's my one hope. Because that, that show deserves the full spread. I will just say I would... If I were you and really wanted Space Dandy in the best quality, track down, and they're not hard to find, but get the old Japanese Blu-rays. Um, I uh, the, the Funimation one is totally worth owning because of all the interviews and the audio commentaries. Those are pretty nice. But yeah. in terms of the best video and audio quality, it's the Japanese Blu-rays for that show. And mm-hmm. um, and it, it has the English dub and English subtitles on it, so it's wow. an English friendly release. Okay. Um, and also, it's okay. This is like a nerdy thing for me. I, I'm not always a fan of Funima- at the time Funimation uh, when they would do 5.1 remixes on mm. the English dub. Was well, I'm not always a fan of that. And Space Dandy's 5.1 dub is not great, but um the Japanese Blu-rays have the English dub in English stereo. So if you, if you like me and just think about these things that no one else cares about, go buy Mm. the Japanese thing. I can think of somebody who may or may not listen that definitely thinks about these things. (laughs) Someone who used to be a staff member, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I might have to import that. That does sound enticing. They are not cheap. I will just say that up because it's Japanese. (laughs) Not cheap. I think it's, you're probably looking several hundred dollars because it's 10 volumes. So, yeah, it's not cheap. Right. And you can't buy the box set. Yeah, can't buy the box set. It's got to be the original 10 volumes because they don't have the English dub. Oh, I see. That's that's the caveat. Mm. That's the caveat. Okay. All right. We haven't talked about IGPX, I feel like, in like 15 minutes. So that's probably yeah. the sign to end the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, it's a, it is a tradition here to go off on a tangent before ending yeah. the cast. Oh, doesn't he know it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to be really good about not doing this, but um, I've been ruined. Thank you, Sketch. You broke me. <laughs> Well, uh, just I think the last things I have to say about IGPX, if you watched it, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Um, getting it on the air, pleasant surprise. Again, I have faith it'll be back. Um, if you would like to nudge Adult Swim in the direction of bringing it on back on TV, go to adultswim.com slash video slash IGPX and just binge the entire season over and over again. Don't worry, it's free. Just leave it on the computer tab way off in the distance. <laughs> Yeah. I'm kidding. Don't actually do that. Watch it, please. You may notice uh, things you didn't notice before, like how adorable oh, Luca is. Yes, yeah, I did adorable. notice something that I don't. I really wonder about this. In okay, so when River 
is in Team Sledge Mama, and they're fighting against Team Satomi. There's somebody, there's two girls in the stands. One has a hat that says River, one has a hat that says Takashi. But if you rewatch episode one, those same girls are in the stands, one with a hat named with Takashi, and the other is like, why would she have a hat for River when he hasn't even raced? Um, she thinks my... he's hot. <laughs> I mean, that is entirely possible. Hey, I... maybe. That, that I mean, because like, okay, so slight spoilers in season two. Um, they have a modeling gig, and River is the model, so maybe he's been paraded out before as a model for Team Satomi. Hmm. So that's that's he my in fan universe. Uh, and he and yeah, he's and he is a pilot. So yeah, like, you know, and he was he was once their pilot in the in the low. I mean, they they kind of reference it obviously that he doesn't get to race anymore. So. You know, fans of the team would who had been long term fans would would know him. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I still think it was probably just. Uh... They were just like, "Look, this is an English word we can write." Their on proper fangirl <laughs> sketch. Respect the fangirls. Respect the fangirls. <laughs> ah, yeah. One other thing, they get a trophy when they win the fight against Edraid. <laughs> They, yeah. they don't get a trophy like any other time. They're just up there like, woo, we won! <laughs> they, to be fair, they do have a trophy. They do have a trophy in season two. You do see it. Um, yeah, so they yeah, did they, get they one. do get a trophy at the at the end, but like, is it, was, it wasn't a I, semifinal. It wasn't... It was, I, yeah, you're right. I don't think it even was a semifinal. I think, I think they was, just needed the, the prop. <laughs> I think they needed the prop, and I think well, okay, so this is maybe a little behind the scenes. Baseball. Otherwise, Takashi couldn't say, "Hey, Amy, hold this. Let me hold Luca." And she goes, "No, he wouldn't like that." No, I don't think that's it. I, <laughs> no, that's, I, that's a funny that's little joke. But I think the reason they did it is so that they can motivate the the trophy girl to kiss Takashi and to have Liz get jealous. Yeah, so that yeah, can, that because uh, I have seen so many people online say that that pairing is comes out of nowhere, and I'm just like, no, they were set. No, it doesn't. They were setting it up since, like, at least, at, off the top of my head, at least from episode six. Um, yeah, sure. I just, uh, I, yeah, I see it coming, but I'm oh, not, man. not a fan. In the, in the holiday episode, that look Fontaine gives her. Dude, if my she episode. She knows exactly what's what. <laughs> yeah. She's, she, but she, she's not threatened, but she knows what's what. She yeah. knows. I like If her by though. episode eight, you don't get it between them, like. You're never gonna get it. I'm sorry. They, I just don't you, want it. I just don't want it. I like Fontaine. I think she's so she's so sweet and cute. I like her. I like Fontaine a lot too. She's very thoughtful too. Trust him. I think the pairing that they're gonna go with. Obviously, you've kind of figured it out already. It's because it's very obvious. But I think yeah. that this pairing actually does work better and is is more. I think it makes more sense at the end. They, of it. they work well together. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave they it for compliment, season two. They complement each other. I'll leave it for, yeah, I can for season see two. That. Um, yeah. I can wait see till that. season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am the, very the, optimistic. The boy just needs to be a bit more observant. Well, yes. <laughs> he is a young man, though, so. <laughs> I can't even be like, oh, he didn't see it coming. I'm terrible. I mean, when I was single, I was terrible at flirting. Or, or I had no idea when anybody was flirting with me. Like, no clue. And I'm like, <laughs> 
and if I ever flirt thought back, damn it, how? <laughs> and if anybody ever did flirt with me and like was like, yeah, I was flirting with you, I'm like, please be more obvious next time. <laughs> damn it. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I just one of these every time. All right. So I I, I understand you, Takashi. I don't see it either. <laughs> He's like every other young man. He he didn't get it. <laughs> it's cute though. I'm yeah. really optimistic they're going to play season two because, like you said, you know, shows, they have certain shows that will run out and and it's, there's no reason if they have it, they don't have to pay more money to get it and they've already aired part of it. I definitely think that there's no reason why they shouldn't. Demon Slayer ends in like six weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. And also, so, they like to replay, so it may be like they're going to replay season one and then play season two kind of thing. That, that's I hope they don't do that. Yeah, I hope they just go straight into season two, please. No, nobody's a fan of when that happens. That's a real good way to turn off people who would have been interested in watching season two. Yeah, it's an yeah. unfortunate <laughs> thing that happens a lot, though. I, I think that they are... I, my Okay, my personal thing, and I look, I have been super wrong as has been pointed out on Twitter, uh, I keep sticking my foot in my mouth when it comes to the schedule. I think that um, that once Demon Slayer finishes its run, if they don't have another show lined up, they're going to move the back half of the schedule up, and IGPX will come back at 2.30. So, like, DBZ Kai will be at 2 a.m. Naruto is going to finish its run at 1.30, um, and One Piece is going to, I guess, be at, one. Twelve thirty. Oh, one. Sorry, and then what? And then L- licorice you know, is uh, licorice is going to be at twelve thirty. And uh, even if even if they one do piece at one, yeah, as it should be. Even if they do manage to acquire season three of Demon Slayer, I don't think they're going to get it right off the bat, and it's going to be playing right in the end six weeks at the cutoff. Like I just don't. Oh see wait, there's oh there's another season of Demon Slayer. I thought this was. Oh there. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's never mind. That's going to keep going. It's currently airing, but no, but like it took them so long to get season two, so I don't know. I'm gonna call it right now. I, I I'm gonna bet that they're gonna go into the next season directly. That would be nice, but I don't think it's gonna happen. It I wanted happen. season two for like two years, and it, it and I had to wait, so I'm not, I don't see it happening. Well, I think if they do, it'll be like figured it out now. You know, they they just I've, had to. It, it, if, if we do, it'll be they like, go from the train arc no into like the entertainment arc like right they away. Did. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they haven't figured it out. I think it's been long enough. That's the thing. I think they're just like, yeah, you can go ahead and air it. So this will be really funny my... in six weeks. It's already it aired. It's already <laughs> streamed. It's been on. Yeah, it's Netflix. everywhere. It's been everywhere. So yeah. So just yeah. put it out. Um, what? Uh, so I guess the next one would be Licorice Recoil, right? If they don't or have Ninja replace... Kamui. No, I don't think they're gonna. I think they'll replay Ninja Kamui. I don't. Well, think they'll replay they... it, but. I don't think they give up a time slot for it. So, um, well, also I'm curious it has to see two if it oh, time slots right now. Yeah, I, I'm Japanese curious to see if it'll English. rerun. Yeah, I'm curious to see if it reruns well. I hope it does ratings wise well in the reruns because that seems to be their major problem is that a lot of shows don't rerun very well. Um, yeah, it is a common problem. Yes, <laughs> as as Laszlo would say, as Lazo would say, anime don't replay. <laughs> 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 so he did. So he so he did. did. But he's yeah, retired he, now. Not yeah. without like significant time between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my our point is IGPX is probably going to come back. I have faith yeah. it will. If yeah. if nothing else, by the time ship it in ends. God, is, I don't. Not that far away. Sad. I don't want to think. I really it. hope that it's not 
when shipping in because that's like 24 weeks that's a long time that feels really long that's less but how how many that's like yeah that's like that's like almost five months that's five months months. yeah Yeah. i feel like it's not going to be that long no i I was thinking i'm guessing i'm going to put my guess out there now three months at most i think it's it's either if demon slayer is not ready to go uh it's that and if they don't have anything for liquor's recoil it's that I don't think they're going to so wait until Naruto ends. So that's six uh, to nine weeks. Yeah. Mm. Sketch? Not counting marathons. <laughs> well, I personally hope it isn't the case that it's licorice because, you know, that's a that's a prime slot and I don't want to necessarily, like, that just makes DBZ Kai the booby prize I thought it was going to be. So I don't want that to happen. <laughs> no, but DB, I, I'm assuming DBZ Kai is just going to move up from 230 to 2. I don't think that's it, that well, bad. No, no. it That's going to definitely move up when Shippuden ends. But yeah. Uh, Could you imagine if they replayed Shippuden from the start? Yes, I can. And I they think might be crazy lot. enough to do it if it's cheap enough. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I don't and think they do did, it. I would freaking rewatch it from five hundred episodes. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to go back to episode one of Naruto. Again. Oh God, no! Can't, <laughs> can't do it. I, I bought the entirety of Naruto Shippuden um, on iTunes before they switched to the like the sets. I bought like those individual like parts, um, and I I still haven't watched it. <laughs> My gosh, when it's, I, when Toonami came watching, back, I'm just watching the ending now. When so Toonami came filler. back and they started airing Shippuden, it was one of the happiest days of my life because I had started it when it was airing on Disney, and then they stopped like abruptly in the middle of 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 an early arc, and I was just devastated. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of places you could find it online. I found one place streaming in Japanese with subs, and that was my first time ever watching really like a subbed version, but then Would have been crunchy roll. Yeah. And then and this was all years ago. And then when Toonami came back, I was, I was thrilled because I, I freaking love Shippuden. It is, it is not just nostalgia. Like I'm, I've been obsessed with it since early days. So I feel like Shippuden fans are like DBZ fans where they're, they're committed and they're willing to keep going and rewatch and everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if it had like, w- a small cult following. Like, yeah, I wish our GPX had that fan base, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it does. Space you, Dandy, dude. There you are. You're right in front of us. <laughs> there are maybe three of us. <laughs> there are dozens of us. The dozens. <laughs> dozens. All right. All right. Um, well, it's been fun, you guys. Yeah, it's been great having you. Glad, glad yeah. you could make you the time. You did an awesome job. Thanks so much for Thank sharing you. everything that you've done on the show here on the podcast. And also, like, thanks for tweeting alongside as it's been airing. It's been really fun, as I said, to, to go back and see as you're talking about the work you've done with each episode. So really love that. Really appreciate that. And it's awesome to hear more about it. So I hope, yeah. that, like, everybody tells you like how awesome this all is and buys buys the blu-ray buy the blu-ray yes, please buy the blu-ray i plan on coming back um if season but when season two ends on tsunami or uh when the blu-ray like the day before the release date of the blu-ray 
Um, so if you guys will have me, of course, uh, I would Any love to come time. back for that. But yeah, that's that's whichever comes first, and then I can just talk about like, okay, here's all the shit. Here's the tell-all book. <laughs> nice. That'll be yeah. fun. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Well, until that day comes, where can the people find you? Uh, you can follow me at Arguing Meadows on Twitter or uh, uh, ArguingMeadows.com, uh, which is my Blue Sky name. I tweet, uh, I tweet a little bit more on Twitter uh, simply because it's um, I get a little more engagement and I have more followers. But I'm trying to do a little more Blue Sky. Um, but if you go to ArguingMeadows.com, period, the, like the website, it'll show all my social media. Um, I don't. I have a bunch of stuff, but like the places I'm actually active is Twitter and Blue Sky. All right. And Kuro, where can they find you? I'm I'm still on Twitter. Happy Kuro Kitty. I will eventually get a Blue Sky, but that seems like a lot of work right now. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hassle. Well, no, adding just, another social media. Well, you have to it now. Is. I have to work to get. I'm, I'm not being facetious. I mean it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it absolutely is. I have a blue sky. I never use it. Yeah. I got I got Jason and Maki on Blue Sky, and I don't think they've posted in months. Eventually, <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who knows? But Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984 and also on Blue Sky at Sketch1984. Do you think Jose knows the house cleaning bit? <laughs> uh, probably something about at Toonami Podcast or podcast at com. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a very long time. It's been a long time. Well, you can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Follow us on Facebook.com <laughs> backslash Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast. And you can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Podbay, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Radio.com, Spotify, and the TuneIn app. This is me trying to do the thing that you would do with ratings. <laughs> <laughs> God, I just had like things. you just unlocked a core memory. I'm like, oh god, I, I didn't used to do that. <laughs> you used to try and say them so fast. We don't even talk about ratings anymore because why Good. would we? Why Good. would we? We should have killed that shit when Space Candy came around. That's the honest truth. We should have killed it Probably. back then. That is that is when we should have killed that talk because it was like, okay, clearly they care enough to put resources into it. Yeah. Oh, if if only we had. I know. If only we had. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast to get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. And apparently, if you want all the information you could possibly want about IGPX, go to theIGPX.com. And buy the Blu-ray. And please, please buy the Blu-ray. Not now. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep, uh, keep an eye on Discotech social media. They are at Discotech Media on Twitter, and I think uh, Discotech.com on Blue Sky. I think they're everywhere. 
we sounds didn't, right. We didn't mention this, but another benefit to having the Blu-ray is um, this this show has a really wide audience appeal. I think you can show it to children of a certain age as well as adults. So it can be a family show. So if you have kids or you're going to have kids, like it's it is a family show. It is. That was, it was yeah. made for. Exactly. Well, I, that's yeah. So Though in season two, audience. they add a lot more naughty words. Well, not, I mean, this obviously not Ninja Comedy, you know. Which isn't oh, yeah, yeah. Severe. This is yeah, it's not Ninja Comedy. Much no, yeah, no, mature no, content. No. Yeah, you can, you can, you can share. But it was pretty fun when it was right next to Ninja Comedy for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the newest Konami original and the oldest. Yes. The point is mm. buy the, buy the Blu-ray because you can rewatch it, not just by yourself, but with your family. Yeah. Who knows? If it sells enough, we can do a third season. Both Maki <laughs> and Jason and Hongo. Actually, Hongo too. Yeah, they're all like talking about third seasons, and I'm just like, that'd be so what? cool. That, that would, would be, be super so cool. cool. What? Like, oh, I know it sounds cool, and then you're like, no one's gonna give you money for that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sad truth. <laughs> it's the sad truth. All right, I just. Like to end this on a down note. Please buy the Blu-ray. I was I was actually thinking about a theoretical third season of ITPX. At this point, would you would you have Johnny be the pilot? Would would Takashi take up the Andre role? I mean, yeah, you would have to do like an, you would have to do a new generation. But my pitch huh. um, is actually to build off something Jason said. Um, I would like to do a prequel. Um, yeah. He wants to do. He wants to do Andre's uh, backstory. Yes. and just expand on that. Yes. Um, I feel that the, the backstory kind of gets fleshed out enough in the show. I would like to actually do the Ricky circuit, the formation of that, and the formation of the IGPX lead, which is all in the liner notes. And I think there's a compelling story Ooh. in there. So yeah. that's my pitch. All good ideas. I would watch IGPX, the Ricky circuit, coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch. I think you focus it on Ricky Perch, the pilot that died. Mm-hmm. All right. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank again. you for listening. <laughs> Peace. See you on race day. <laughs>